I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way, as we get an expert to answer science's most interesting questions as decided by us. But today, that is not what we're doing, Brooksy. No, we are not. We are breaking with the format. Yeah, we've decided to do a World Cup series where we're pitting the world's best scientists, very much as decided by us, against one another. But then there is this weird nod to boxing thrown into the mix. (laughs) Anyway, this is the second episode in the series. So if you've not heard part one, go back and have a listen. What's our lineup for this week again? Well, we had some heavy hitters last episode. And this week we've got Richard Dawkins against Lynn Margulis. JBS Haldane against Archimedes, Charles Darwin against 2UU, and Dorothy Hodgkin versus Vera Rubin. That's just an amazing lineup, isn't it? I, mean, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people will be thinking, well, I know half of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but what they'll be thinking is, the people I know are surely the ones that are going through, and I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think so. Round five, in the red corner, we've got Richard Dawkins. In the blue corner, we've got Lynn Margulis. So yes, uh, old Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Not don't. Well, young don't, Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Y- young Dawkins. Yeah. Uh, don't think about uh, online Dawkins. <laughs> <laughs> don't think about social media Dawkins. <laughs> don't think about pundit Dawkins. Yeah. Think about some exceptional books that he wrote. Yeah. Including the Selfish Gene. Now, this is kind of what I mean by not being that impressed by the kind of, you know, coming up with structures of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas what Dawkins did is, you know, come up with such a powerful explanation of the nature of evolution and this idea of the selfish gene that is, is, I mean, hugely significant and hugely influential. And I think it's a shame that people sort of forget that now because of the sort of vibe that a guy has. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, so the other interesting thing about him is because people often say, oh, Richard Dawkins, you know, what did he publish? What papers was he publishing? You know, because people say, oh, you know, he wrote a book. Yeah, but what papers? But the book was like laid out Yeah, this proper revolutionary idea that still, like, I think still reigns supreme in biology now. Yeah. And and actually, you know, it doesn't matter that it wasn't published as, you know, I'm sure he did publish papers, but but the fact that he was able to communicate this in a book 
that biologists just like all said, oh, okay, wow, brilliant. That whole idea behind the selfish gene, mm. and uh, or I think he'd have preferred it to be called the immortal gene, in that that you know it wasn't conscious or anything. Yeah, but, that's but the, his... the way it works. It, it is it looks selfish, effectively, just yeah. about reproducing itself, creating bodies around itself that yeah. will then carry it into the next generation. He said this great thing, didn't he, about um, oh, I can't think of the quote. It, it's to do with sort of individuals and and, and groups and species. They're just they're just these kind of vehicles for, for genes. And he said it's like rowing boats are vehicles for the talents of rowers. Yeah. yeah. So and it, like you, you're not looking at the boat and thinking of the boat's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that, exactly. And, and, and it's really hard for us to imagine that like mm. something so sort of effectively small in scale, like our genes is governing everything, is governing everything. And, and, and the driver of, but it yeah. literally makes evolution make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, the, the sort of it, I think previously, you know, if you look at Darwin's work on natural selection and evolution, there was no consideration of genes because we didn't know what genes were, um, and and you would look at it and think, well, the reason that this is happening or this behaviour is is occurring is that the individual is trying to sort of promote itself, um, continue it itself. And what Dawkins said is, no, it's all about the genes. Yeah. Which which is a really radical idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. I've got a radical idea, though. Mm. Lynn Margulis, mm-hmm. basically, she said that in, in a field of biology where everything was about competition and everybody thought the whole of biology was about one thing competing against yeah, another. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup, actually, because they're both she, sort of evolutionary yeah, biologists. Yeah, again, yeah. I think this is a bit like Fermi and Einstein in that actually they're both great, really big conceptual things. So she basically said evolutionary success could arise through things cooperating. So this idea that, that's become known as symbiosis. Mm-hmm. So you get two different kinds of organisms and they work together to cooperate with each other. And that is basically the structure of, of cellular biology now, is like you know, what we've got as the basis of biology and how cells work is the idea of, of symbiosis, of ancient organisms working together. Yeah, because there's this sort of idea that mitochondria, like the little sort of energy cells, yeah. uh, cells is an unfortunate word to use there, um, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, energy providing thing uh in in yourselves was originally its own organism and it's sort of combined with another cell yeah to work together and, and cooperate yeah which is really like mad to think it's sort of like but. i think it was bacteria so so the idea is that you know you've just got a bacterium that becomes sort of enslaved within within the cell yeah but actually it's good for the bacterium it's good for the other stuff in the cell and well, actually we get along I'm, pretty I'm well i'm talking like a physicist now i know yeah but, but, <laughs> yeah 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 but you know it was a big idea and everyone at the time said no 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 that can't possibly be happening because that's not how biology works because right, it's competition, competition yeah and competition. and, and yeah. she i mean she got the paper rejected like 15 times or something eventually got it published somewhere eventually she sort of like was like oh, god you know i'm gonna have to write a book about this to explain this to these idiots <laughs> and, and she did so she wrote this this book you know the first publisher refused to publish it and then i think yale press published it and then she couldn't get grants because people were just like you know we're not giving you money 
because you've Cause, a because you've bypassed the the proper process the for system. getting mm. getting ideas out there. So by writing a book, so it's amazing that Dawkins can write a book, and everyone's like, "Oh God, this is brilliant." Mm. She writes a book, and everyone's like, "You're fucking." That's cheating. not how you do it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, so she, she went about 15 years without getting any money from the National Science Foundation because none of her peers would like endorse her. So, but eventually she was proved right, and now it's like bio, biological, like absolute sort of gospel that this is what happened. Yeah, I mean they they've both made similarly big contributions to the sort of field of evolutionary biology, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that they were drawn against each other in a sense. I think this might be our first coin toss, you know. Do you think so? I think it might be. I mean, who's who's your... <sighs> See, my gut feeling is sort of for Dawkins, mm. which feels... Because it just feels slightly, like he's got an edge that's slightly more fundamental, like the the gene... The drive for the gene. Yes, to and be the selfish gene is, is the primary unit like, of selection. Yeah, is yeah, that's punchy. It, it is punchy, and 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 Margulis has come in with this is how cells work, and she does change the way we think about how biology can can evolve. Yeah, and and you get symbiosis, and actually, it's so important though cooperation. It's so important, yeah. and it explains so much in nature, like the way that fungi fung, fungi work, and you know the way that lichens are are these cooperative units with algae and and oh, I mean, you, could, you could win me over with a bit of stuff about slime mold here <laughs> yeah i could exactly so so i think we're gonna we're gonna have to toss a coin uh, I, I hate this i can't yeah i can't reasonably separate them I no that's fair enough all right uh should we say heads margulis goes through yeah it's a head the results are in by the skin of her teeth in the blue corner the winner is Lynn Margulis. Oh! I, I feel pleased yeah, by that. That's a, that's a big yeah, result. Yeah, I like uh, that because I haven't had to put Dawkins out. No. It's just he missed the penalty. It's also, it's it's nice to have a shock. Yeah, yeah. It's a shock result. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because people, again, people will absolutely have heard of Dawkins and thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's out. And Margulis, I think, should have got a Nobel Prize. She's dead now. Can't have one. I guess this is better than a Nobel Prize? I think Lynn would feel so. <laughs> Not even the semis, the quarters. <laughs> Round six. In the red corner, we've got JBS Haldane. In the blue corner, we've got Archimedes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted to get Archimedes. Archimedes is a man city in this. <laughs> Archimedes is man city. I, I, oh, the draw really upsets me. Because Haldane is one of like the scientific heroes of the 20th century, right? Mm -hmm. um, and actually not a household name, really. People no. don't know him very much. And uh, so the amazing thing about him, I'll, I'll, I'll argue for him, but it feels like Sheffield Wednesday against Man City already. Yeah. yeah. But let me just say, um, so didn't get a degree, mm -hmm. like no, no, no scientific degree at all, no, no scientific pedigree. Um, but he basically did science with his dad sort of did stuff with, you know, his dad was a biologist, I think, and, and worked, I think worked for the government and it sort of learnt on the job, did some stuff with him. Um, but he did amazing science in the war, testing things for the Navy about submarines, about diving, about the effects of diving on the human body. Mm -hmm. um, he... I mean, sort of hy hydrostatic stuff. 
but he did it all on himself. So he didn't mm. uh, use other people for the experiments. He he just basically, in I think he actually quite enjoyed the danger of the whole thing because because there's a great quote from him where he said because he fought in the First World War said he really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't a thing you hear very so often. Well, not really, because he said that the great thing about it was that as long as you understood that um, human behaviour and the way human mind works, you can actually sort of have quite a lot of fun. And he did this thing where he was like, "The Germans will never believe that I'm going to climb out of the trench and run along the top of it. They'll be so surprised by the time I've dropped back down again, they won't have reached for their guns." And he, so he did it, just like it's ballsy. It is. I mean, he was he was great, but he, you know, he he did a lot of these sort of diving and compression experiments mm. and um, injured himself quite a lot. Like really screwed his spine, I think, in some decompression things. Uh, blew out his eardrums, mm-hmm. um, and. But you know, contributed enormously important stuff to the war effort um, on his own, and and also he could blow smoke out of his ears. <laughs> so as party tricks go, that's pretty good. Yeah. But he, I mean, he he sort of wrote a lot of you know that that's kind of like the showboaty stuff, right? Yeah. But he actually did a lot of work on the mathematical sort of side of biology, like of Darwinian selection, yeah. um, and and sort of worked with uh, Ronald Fisher, who was like the father of not quite the father of statistics, but big, important statistician. Mm-hmm. And they worked, you know, quite closely together. So he made significant contributions to mathematical biology, as well as, you know, being this incredible practical scientist who put his own life on the line to do science for the war effort. That's my argument for Haldane. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you've got I've, I've got Archimedes. You've got Archimedes. Uh, so uh, I know where do you want to start, really. Um, he well, he invented mechanics and hydrostatics. <laughs> One nil. Uh, he discovered the 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 law of levers. Uh, oh. He was the and first. Pulley. Oh, the and pulleys, pulleys and all that. Pulleys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was probably the first sort of mathematical physicist, so he applied his advanced maths to the physical world. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like it's 4-0 with 8 minutes he gone. He discovered the centre of gravity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did say at the start there's a lot of open goals. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and he's taken all of them. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, there's a few people around. Yeah. But he's still absolutely smashing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He calculated and we've all heard of him as well. Massively. I mean, our, our podcast is named after the guy. <laughs> um, he calculated pi to the most precise value at the time. Oh, he yeah. calculated uh, the um, uh, the volume and surface area of a sphere mathematically. Um, he did loads of great maths with like exponentials and exponents. And he did practical stuff, didn't he? Like like the you know, the thing where he's like Eureka. It's like Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah. the displacement. Crown, the displacement, understanding, um, floating. He, he I feel like with, you're, without, you don't need to say No, anymore. I don't I don't think I do. I don't think I do. No. It's Archimedes. Haldane's out. Yeah. The results are in. It's a landslide in the blue corner. It's the one name wonder. Archimedes I mean, he, I think he did well to get through to the last 16. Very, very well. Um, and he'll get, I think you get more money you know, for TV rights and stuff, don't yeah, you? So, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll it's, be fine. It's, it's fine, but Archimedes is hammered in. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And it's round 7. In the red corner, we've got Charles Darwin. In the blue corner, we've got Tuyu Yu. I'm predicting a a route. <sighs> I, th- I think it's going to be. I'm going to do Darwin here. I've, I've had a, I've had a couple of crackers. Um, so Darwin was quite nice. I mean, everyone knows what what Darwin did. What's quite nice is that Darwin was sort of doing it on the side, so he wasn't on that ship to. Sort of, you know, be, be a naturalist and come up with. Obviously, no one said to him. <laughs> yeah. you come up with a theory of. Uh, <laughs> he's just done that. He's, he's effectively yeah, supposed yeah. to be just sort of um, like surveying the coastlines, yeah, and 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 kind of and and charting its harbour so they can make better maps, yeah. And while he's going about it, he comes up with the well, natural selection and the theory of evolution, and it is spicy because certainly religious people <laughs> do not like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and he, I mean, he was sort of religious himself. He was like, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. But he was so. But again, it's that kind of conviction in your own work. Yeah, because people at this time would have been thinking that the Earth was six thousand years old, and he's yeah. basically saying, probably not, actually, lads. Yeah, um, oh, that's right. Because his wife was really, I think, really religious, and he didn't want to offend her, but was just like, you know, 
This is it took him a what long time yeah. to to publish. Yeah, I don't know enough about Darwin. Probably not as much as I should. Because I sort of always assumed he's just brilliant. Obviously, you know the basics. Yeah. yeah. And loads of people have written stuff about him and studied him. And, and it's sort of like, you know, everything's out there if I ever wanted to read it. Yeah. But everything I get or understand about him was A, his work was brilliant. B, he was really humble and actually just a really good guy. And, uh, and sort of didn't really have any enemies apart from religious people who didn't like the conclusions yeah, what, that he, he drew. what he was saying. But that's part of the reason. So he got back from his his uh, trip, got back to England in 1836, didn't publish um, on The Origin of Species until 1859. Oh. Which sort of tells you he was like, Ooh, well, I've got to do it because I think I've, <laughs> I'm onto something here. But he was careful about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of the great, scientific contributions yeah yeah i mean if i mean it, it's possibly the great and we'll get there i guess see how he progresses yeah but um okay so i've got <laughs> i've got two you you who won a nobel prize relatively recently mm-hmm. um and she she won it for studying traditional chinese medicine so i mean she, she's chinese she works in in china yeah uh china academy of traditional chinese medicine which you sort of think of oh god that's just going to be bullshit and bollocks mm. but actually you know what she Tiger did bollocks, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what she did was sort of work out the bits of it that actually have something and are onto something and uh in the end she um she found uh that uh she could extract from sweet wormwood which is a, a chinese medicine medicine uh, yeah. one of their one of their uh, substances she extracted a substance called artemisinin which basically stops malaria so it inhibits the malaria parasite so she then you know was able to make drugs based on this um so she took you know folk medicine effectively yeah and turned it into scientific medicine and you know in terms of a lot impact of yeah, you know, yeah she yeah. saved a yeah. lot more lives yeah. than charles darwin mm-hmm. she saved millions of lives mm. and won a nobel prize for it so you know it's it's internationally recognised as being brilliant science, um, and all I can say is she's not Charles Darwin. Yeah, didn't come up with natural selection, did she? She didn't. I think Darwin's it's through. It's so hard, isn't it? Because some people just do a really good thing in science, mm. and some people do something that blows our concept out of the water. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I suppose actually that's quite a good way of of looking at it. Is what to you you has done is fantastic, has a massive real-world impact, but it doesn't sort of shake the foundations of science that someone has sort of come up with a new drug, effectively. Yeah. No matter what the origin is. Yeah. Someone coming out and going, everything you think you understand about why the planet looks the way it does is wrong, and I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's no contest. I'm sorry, no. but there isn't. It's another landslide win in the red corner. Charles Darwin. Congratulations, Charles. He's through. Um, we've got our last game of the first 16. Our final round has Dorothy Hodgkin in the blue corner, Vera Rubin in the red corner. This is a nice final matchup because I'm betting that most people haven't heard of either yeah i think that's true and also what we've got here is an example of what we were just talking about which is people making a really significant 
but actually fairly s- single contribution to science. And both of these are in that I, in that ballpark. I, I, would say. I, 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 I think Vera's is bigger. Do you? I do. I do. I do. Do you want right. to do, so, do, do Dorothy? Yeah. So so it's quite simple, quite straightforward. Dorothy Hodgkin basically was a, a crystallographer. So she studied how to. Uh, put radiation into a crystal, and then you effectively look at the you know the way the crystal affects the radiation, and mm. it gives you an image of what's inside the crystal. So this is yeah. X-ray diffraction, yeah. and she um, used that to to kind of take photographs of proteins. So she was the first scientist to take to f- find the structure of a protein. So we're back at sort of in Francis Crick territory in a way. She's she's using a technique to give us an insight into something that we wouldn't be able to see by any other means. And she then used it to kind of take on penicillin, vitamin B12 and insulin. So so, so she sort of defined the chemical structures of all of these uh, substances, which enabled us to do, you know, better chemistry and to improve healthcare. And that's kind of all I've got in her favour in some ways. No, I mean, I mean and, and it's, she, and it's, it's she's, good. She's the first and only British woman to win a Nobel Prize for chemistry, right? So, you know, significant enough to win a Nobel it's, Prize. It's, it's fantastic. But let me ask you this. What is arguably the biggest mystery in modern science on a big scale? <sighs> it's, I mean, it's dark matter, isn't it? It's it's oh, the, the, the oh, missing okay. matter in the universe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and when did we when did we first become aware of that? Well, I mean, we we sort of so you can t- you can trace it back to the 1930s mm. with Fritz Wicky sort of saying something's not right about the way galaxies mm. are moving. Yeah, okay. but you didn't pin it down very exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely concede that in 1970, Vera Rubin pinned it down, nailed it. So Vera Rubin has just been. With uh, with a guy called Kent Ford, another astronomer, they were just looking at orbital speeds in in spiral galaxies, and they saw that something odd was going on, which was that the stars a long way from the centres of galaxies, where it's quite sparsely populated, yeah. were moving just as fast as those close in, yeah. and that shouldn't be happening, no, because. That the 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 mass of the galaxy that we can see doesn't have enough gravity to hold those stars. Yeah, they should in. just be spinning. They off. They should just be spinning yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, and they're not. So therefore, there had to be a load of unseen matter. And she then sat down and did the calculations. So she worked out, didn't she, that that the gravity of that unseen matter would, would be like, what was holding all that stuff y- in place. Yeah, and it was ten times as much as. That the the mass that we could see. So essentially, she's saying ninety percent of the mass in galaxies, and and therefore in 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 the observable yeah, universe, yeah, yeah. is invisible and unidentified. And we still have. And we identified. still we still haven't identified it. And we looked every fucking where for and, it. And and we're really looking. Yeah. And we do not know what's going on. And it was her that identified that and put a figure on it. And the figure, the figure is, I, I, I find it absolutely extraordinary, and everyone does. Yeah, like yeah. Ninety percent of the universe, we don't know, we don't know where it is, we don't know what it looks like, we don't know, we don't know what it is. Yeah, we yeah. just know it's there. All right, and it's all thanks to her. Yeah, and I met her actually, and I, I went and interviewed her uh, for 
the first book, 13 Things That Don't Make Sense. She was lovely. Oh, well, come on then. She was, she was so nice. And I walked into her office and sort of knocked on the door and she said, oh, Michael, I was just cleaning up for you. And she was just like wiping <laughs> surfaces down and stuff. I was like, this is Vera Rubin. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know. I know. Yeah, I think, you, I think I you've know. Got, you're going to have to concede. Dorothy that. Hodgkin, she has her Nobel Prize at least. Vera Rubin didn't get one. Well, there you go. But she goes well, through, doesn't she? such a big contribution. Yeah, yeah, she goes through. And the fact that it was, what are we talking, 50 years ago? Over 50 years ago? And we're still none the wiser? Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's Fermat's last theorem good. Oh, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Yeah. Someone just throws something out. <laughs> all right, like, all right. She's route through to the next round. There we have it. The last person who's made it into the quarterfinals. The one, the only, Vera Rubin. Okay, so that is the round of 16 completed. Some shocks in there. The lineup for the quarterfinals is as follows. Isaac Newton against Henrietta Leavitt. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but... This next one is a disgrace, and I think that we've 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 fucked the draw somehow. Marie Curie against Albert Einstein. <gasps> How was that a quarterfinal? That's Argentina Brazil in the quarterfinal. Oh, it's amazing. That is madness. There's only one winner. Doesn't matter who plays who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Lynn Margulis. After that, I mean, heartbreaking coin toss for Richard Dawkins. Are we taking on Archimedes? And maybe Dawkins is now thinking, well, I wasn't going <laughs> yeah, go very far anyway. <laughs> Glad to get home early. And the final quarterfinal, Charles Darwin against Vera Rubin. Oh, I Listen, think there's you, some you, obvious results there. I, th- I, th- I think there are. I think um, I think there's going to be some there's there's going to be some battles. Yeah. Um, but you're in the last eight yeah, of the yeah. world's greatest yeah, scientists. Yeah, you've done well. So you know, of course, it's going to be tough. Um, so next week the quarterfinals of the World Cup of Science I'm tingling with anticipation I can't wait Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards the production team is Temi Adebayo Katie Baxter Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan sound designed by Katie Baxter please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast does make a massive difference we also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.